You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that has just been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. <clears throat> we were so close. Honestly, if, if we would have just won a couple more home games like we should have, we could we could be we could be an eight seed in the East right now. Hell, it's a it's a fucking race there. We'll be talking about that a little bit later. Welcome back, guys. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, but first off, we want to start off th- uh, going on an injury report. So there's been some injuries in the NBA lately, some oh. big names, some people who aren't playing now. It uh, doesn't necessarily matter because some people aren't going to make the playoffs, but other teams kind of does matter. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic yeah, of the Portland Trailblazers. I think that could possibly be the most detrimental to the team as well as the most gruesome and impactful injury to a career so far this season. Obviously... He went and pulled a Kevin Ware on us. For those of you who don't know it, what that it, is. It, it's, it's just a little wear and tear. Oh. Yeah, he compound fractured his lower leg. It was bad. Which means bad. that's when you have the bone protruding out of the skin. And then the ref went and kicked the damn, the damn thing? Yeah, it's... Oh. I missed that. It was ugly. The ref kicked his that's leg? He, like, walked by and not, ran into it. He's like, oh. He didn't know at the time. Oh, but like, so. It's, it's a brutal <laughs> It is. When Kevin Ware did it... Um, the way they, when the NCAA tournament, they had the court raised a little bit. But when Kevin Ware did it, you can see a guy on the bench turn, look at his leg, and then disappear off the screen because he fainted and fell below the court surface on the video. Oh, my God. That, that was the most gruesome injury I've ever seen live. That one was – Yeah. I, uh, they were playing Duke, so I was watching it. It was – well, I, I remember vividly. It was uh, – my whole family was watching it, and we had the Burns family over. Yeah. It was wonderful family. And they – when that happened uh, – it was, it was pretty upsetting. Her, Mrs. Burns in particular left the room. She's like, and I'm done. <coughs> hey, but you know what? Louisville went on to win the national championship that year. Yes, it's now vacated now. But are the Trailblazers going to go win the NBA Finals now? Are they going to be going to rally listen, around around Nurkic? Listen, all I'm, all I'm saying is that broken leg doesn't unfuck those hookers that uh, Rick Pitino bought you. <laughs> yeah, and Nurkic. I, I think he was the who, who's backing him up. Ennis Cantor right now. I yeah. don't think Ennis, he is. Ennis, 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 Ennis Cantor and um, Ennis Cantor can do all the on-ball offense and rebounding that Nurkic can do, but his passing leaves a lot to be desired. Passing, his and especially his defense and rim protection leaves a ton to be desired. Which Nurkic was top tier as far as a, or a set of rim protection. He was a great blocker. Yeah. Um. I they do have they have Zach Collins. Zach Collins, um, I think, shows might, a lot of might too. be able to. I think put together Collins and Cantor, you might be able to. You got to be strategic with that one. But the issue is, is that you can't have both of them out on the floor at the same time because that's too much of a liability for them. Yeah. So there's no there's no shooting at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Collins has a little bit of range, not a ton though. He showed a little bit. He, in he, he's, he's 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 good in the mid range for a center. Yeah, and and he isn't a true center. He is more of a power forward, so yeah. you do lose a little size when you go to him as well. But he do, he has shown some presence on the defensive end. Um, probably has a block that's going to be up for block of the year um, um, this so, year. So so yeah, um, going going through the injury reports, I basically see. Um, most injuries fall into one of two categories. Um, one, either impactful injury, like person's clearly hurt and it's impactful, it's going to greatly affect the team in playoffs. Or two, there are a lot of injuries that are air quotes injuries, and the team that if the team once that draft picks, they just shut them down for the yeah. rest of the year. If, yeah. if they were, um, if they were, they were in a need to win this game to make the playoff situation, they'd be playing. So the prime, kind of, the prime, kind of the prime example of that is the Lakers. The Lakers have declared that LeBron James, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, and Brendan Ingram are all out for the season. On top of that, Tyson Chandler is out and won't be back till at least April second, and Kyle Kuzma is out and won't be back until at least April second, which is just a couple days. But they've also been out for a little bit. Um, that's what uh, Tyson Chandler with illness and Kuzma with an ankle injury. That's the same ankle injury is the same with Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's going to be out until April first. So he'll be back tomorrow, or he's expected to be back tomorrow. Uh, the, but they've the, come, the, for, they've the come forward and said they're shutting him down. down for the rest of the season. Well, yeah. until playoffs. Yeah, until yeah. playoffs. Rest yes. of the regular season. But which makes sense. I guess you, you know, can't you put make, that on an injury report. You want to make sure that your your MVP caliber player is up and ready to go for the finals, especially because they, you know they're at the one seed. They've got a lot of momentum. They've proven that they can beat all the top teams in the East. They've beaten the Warriors three out of four times the last two seasons. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to come out of the West, but so 
it's that they, they need him 100 for the playoffs. Why would the, do you think the Rockets are going to shut down James Harden? No. So why is it that James Harden doesn't get shut down, but Giannis Antetokounmpo does? Because Giannis actually has an injury. And I, 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 also, I also think it's difference in coaching styles and coaching decisions. Um, I think both of them uh, really feel like they deserve the MVP. I think D'Antoni puts more value in, uh, in an MVP, whereas Budenhausen doesn't care about an MVP and wants a championship. And I think uh, I heard, I've read uh, from no confirmed sources, but I've read that uh, Giannis objected to being shut down for the rest of the regular season. Because Giannis wants uh, to play. Yeah. He, want, he wants to play because of the MVP race. Hmm. Yeah, Yamas wants to play. He's a competitive guy in nature. You know, MVP or not MVP, I still think, you know, he'd want to play. I think the reason why Giannis is sitting is because they need him to be healthy. He had an ankle injury a week and a half, two weeks ago that he was able to play through, and I think this is just another one. So I think they're just really being safe. Okay, let's give him these last week and a half, two weeks before the playoffs start to make sure that ankle is at as best it can be. I don't think you're going to see him sitting out a playoff series or a game of playoff series, but... I don't like... So I think that if you sit out, it does help you get rested and you play better. But if you are not... You might go cold. That's what I'm worried about. Well, uh, before we jump to that, in addition to it, um, Toronto, or sorry, Milwaukee can only fall to a two seed at uh, lowest mathematics, whereas Houston can fall all the way to a six seed. That's fair. To touch on getting cold, though, it's not like Giannis is a big outside shooter. So it's a lot easier to stay hot when the majority of your points and baskets come from layups, dunks, and free throws. Um, so whereas James Harden is much more of a shooter than Giannis is, he's got more of a threat to go cold because he's shooting lower percentage shots statistically. So do you fault that Giannis Antetokounmpo for this in his MVP race? Um, do you think it makes only- James Harden look better? I think here's only five so, games left in the season. So here, here's my argument: is James Harden didn't play at the beginning of the season, and that was a little bit of a knock on him. And I think this is an equalizer. Okay. Um, I hope the judges see it that way as well, because yeah. I think it's a great race. A- anybody could really get it, and I think they both know that. So, um, two um, competitive guys. The 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 Bucks are a really interesting case right now, though. Um, they yeah. have Giannis, who they shut down for the rest of the season. They have Middleton, who's out with a groin injury, but could be back as early as uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, they have Snell, ankle injury, could be out early tomorrow. Divincenzo out for the season. Mirtic won't be back until at least the tenth. Gasol won't be back until the 22nd at the earliest. And Not Brogdon, too much of a detriment there. Uh, and yeah. Brogdon won't be back until the 27th at the earliest. I, th- I think with so, those, as I was telling you guys earlier, you know, DiVincenzo was injured most of the year, so it's not like the Bucks really missing. You didn't have Pau Gasol until a week and a half ago. Not that big. You didn't have Miritich most of the season. I think the biggest one, because Giannis is expected to suit up and play game one of the NBA, the first round of the playoffs, is Brogdon, because I think they're really looking at Brogdon not being there for the first round series. And I think in order for the Bucks, especially if they're playing Toronto, Boston, or Philly, in order for the Bucks to get past one of those three teams, I think they need Brogdon, because he does give you scoring, the ability to drive when other players like Bledsoe or Middleton might be on, or even Giannis might be on the bench. Yeah. He's, he's, he's having a great Great season. They, they they also don't uh, they also um, need him to be a hundred percent. I heard something really interesting about Malcolm Brogdon. Um, he has only he has taken less than sixty five shots this year that weren't layups or three pointers. He shoots. He plays true advanced analytics based uh, basketball. Only takes high. Uh, High efficiency shots, shoots a lot of threes, most of them wide open, and he's really good at getting to the rim. Amazing driver. I was saying this at the beginning I, of the season. He's an X factor. Probably the best driver on that team. I think he drives a little better than Bledsoe does. He 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 run he won rookie of the year for his rookie year for a reason. Um, I, I the one thing I think right because like, Ben Simmons was still in college. The, the, <laughs> the one thing I think um, that uh, Bledsoe has to be a better driver, I think as far as just amount that that one player will score per time going at the bucket um, that Brogdon's better. Bledsoe is very good at kicking out to an open guy in the corner. He's a great, he's great passer. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a very dangerous driver that you have to respect him at the rim, and he has very good court vision to be able to make the next play. Whereas I don't I, I don't want to say Bra- uh, Brogdon's bad at that, but uh, Bledsoe is elite at that. Yeah. Which is what's made the Bucks so effective this year in Budenholder's new system because it's you know it's it's Bledsoe driving or Giannis driving and it's not their kick to one of your shooters. There's a reason why the Bucks play four three point shooters around the arc at all times. It's the reason why they made the Miritich trade. 
Another interesting uh, team that I want to talk about. Um, I know tanking's not allowed, but they get away with it. But this is one of the most obvious things of tanking I've ever seen. Um, the Chicago Bulls. Chris Dunn out till at least uh, April 3rd with a back injury. Otto Porter Jr., April 3rd with a shoulder injury. Zach Levine, April 3rd with a thigh injury. Z- Lori Markman out for the rest of the season with Dude, illness. Yeah. He's saying, oh, he's feeling a little under the weather. He pro- we probably won't play him again. Chris Hutchinson, toe injury, out for the season. Wendell Carter Jr., thumb injury, out for the season. Denzel Valentine, uh, ankle injury, out for the season. That is probably the seven most noteworthy bowls all not playing right now. And I get it. It's a race to the bottom, and I really wish the Cavs did more of that. But with the new Platinum things, the Cavs, Kevin Love could be back as far uh, as soon as April 1st. Uh, John Henson can be back as soon as April 1st. <laughs> Del Vadova can be back as soon as uh, April 7th. And J.R. Smith is out for the rest of the season, and it, and the reason is not injury-related. Not related to the injury, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, in- interestingly enough, uh, the um, Dallas Mavericks, who actually are better, like the Dallas Mavericks, need to be winning games, and they uh, have. So I think these are all real injuries. Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, why season, would they be needing to win games? Uh, because if they get, because uh, the Atlanta Hawks pick for next year is bottom five protected. Okay. So they need to be winning games. So like, why they can't get a bottom five pick? Because otherwise, Atlanta keeps it. Interesting. Um, I feel like you only I'm see... sorry. No, I, I'm wrong. They need to be losing. Atlanta wants them to be winning. That's what it is. And so they have shut down Hardaway Jr., Chris Huffman, JJ Barea, and Luka Doncic is out with a thigh injury and will be back uh, earliest tomorrow. NBA is weird like that um, with those protected first round and all that crap picks. You don't see stuff like that in the uh, NFL. An- another really interesting. Huh. Um, I have seen in the NFL a protected top three pick. Okay. Um, but uh, much less frequent. Denver. Michael Porter Jr. is supposed to be coming back yeah, April 5th. He can 5th. be back as soon as April 5th. And I think he's really in. If he is what he's cracked up to be, and granted, I've never seen a man play professional basketball, but if you can get 8 to 15 good minutes out of him a game, he's got, as far as I can tell, he's a good driver. He's got a good outside shot, and he is a long, either small forward or power forward. Being a young guy, high energy, if he always <laughs> plays. Good defense, like the rest of Denver does. Just having that extra eight to fifteen minutes of Grab it right playing the two or three quarter. games in the regular season. Was well, it they... April fifth when he was going to get back? Yeah, yeah, that's they play the the Blazers at night, and that that and that, 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 right, that right there is a perfect game to try. So he has a potential to play four games this in the regular season to see if they're going to put any put him in put him in in the rotation in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I think that's big, uh, especially with um, what's his name, old, the only old player on the uh, Paul Millsap. Uh, Paul, with Paul Millsap being as old as he is, to be able to give uh, Paul Millsap some relief at the four. They've got him listed at the three. So right now, the Denver Nuggets start Tory Craig. Their second is uh, Juan Herman Gomez. Third is Will Barton, who's had some injury issues this year. Same with Gary Harris. And then the fourth is Michael Porter Jr. But Will Barton can also play the, the shooting guard. So You know who's interesting? I'm also excited for April 5th. Andre Roberson could yes. be back. Could be back for the... Yes. I, 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 think, I think that's going to be I, potentially a big game. Because their defense has been what has sort of fallen apart since yeah. the All-Star break. Their defense is not nearly as good as it was. And that's what he is a high energy... I don't, I don't think he should start. Um, I think they should keep the starting lineup as is. But I think if you can get a good 20, 25 minutes of him off the bench, especially in those playoff matchups where they have a great guard, like if they go up against the Rockets, yeah. just put, stick Roberson on a Harden. Yeah. And he's yeah. smart, and they, he, they're going to do the uh, stick him there to play the Harden strategy of uh, make him go to his right and make him go to the mid range. So take uh, take Diallo's minutes yeah. away or limit them and start giving them a Robertson. Isn't Diallo back in the G League? Or did they pull him back? No, no, Diallo wasn't a two-way player. He was a straight up. No, but they sent him back to the G League for a little bit, at least after the dunk contest. I don't know if they ever pulled him back oh, out. Yeah. yeah. I'll check it out. But um, uh, as far as other injuries that are noteworthy and worth talking about. Mo Bamba could Mo- be come back, coming back April 10th. That, that could be big with them making the playoff push. Um, oh, we're getting into that. That's going to be... Cannot wait to start talking about playoff run, uh, yeah. playoff race. Yes, he was sent to the G League on February 11th. Yep, and he hasn't come back. 
Not um, Atlanta. Atlanta also has a lot of people out right now, but only two for the rest of the season, and that's both their center or two of their centers in Dwayne Dedman and Mason Plumley or Miles Plumley, one of the which isn't know, their best center um, anyway. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like they um, lost John Collins again. Obviously, they yeah. didn't have the first half of the season. Um, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, who I think we all know are tanking at this point, have um, Avery Bradley out until April third. Uh, Joe Kim Noah out until April 3rd. Mike Conley out until April 3rd. Kyle Anderson rest of the season. Jaron Jackson Jr. rest of the season. Dylan Brooks rest of the season. And CJ Miles rest of the season. It sounds like everyone's coming back early April. So it sounds like it seems like, all right, they're going to be here around this time. They're going to be, oh, there's only three games, so there's no point in playing you. It's almost, it almost sounds like the teams are cheating their way to resting, resting players. players. Like, oh, but they'll be back right through the season. Oh, but then there's no point in playing them. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like they're pretty much finding a what finding a loophole in the resting situation, which I guess is fine. You know, I mean, they have March. We have March Madness going on right now, so that's kind of been able to. We haven't really noticed or cared too much about it, so we're just all like anxious for the playoffs to get started. Um, um you you brought up uh, March Madness. I think we won over all the notable injuries. I think that brings us to our next topic, um, which is uh, NBA draft prospects not named Zion Williamson. We obviously spent a lot of time talking about Zion Williamson. We also talk about R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and John Moran a lot. But I think, honestly, we have not done a lot of justice to anyone who isn't one of those four players. Um, so uh, with March Madness, it's a great way. It's a great time to see the players that um, you don't see as much. Um, so um, does anyone have uh, anybody who they think uh, who <clears throat> they're watching that – is really jumped out at them that has really surprised them. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Taco Fall. I don't know if he's yeah. going to be declaring for the draft or not. I mean, he's a senior, so he's so. a senior. He has to. Um, I, so. I think Taco Fall could go as high as an early first rounder. I, I don't think, expect him to go super high. I'm just excited to see where he goes and see if he plays next year. Because with the big with big men, it's play him as soon as you can. For as long as you can, because eventually it's just their injury. Their bodies do not last. So I hope to see him get some good minutes uh, next year Well, on some team. I don't really care. I just thought it was a great matchup, him on UCF-Duke in the tournament. That was an awesome game. So uh, another 7-6 player in the NBA is always fun to watch. You know, they're freaking just beasts. Yeah. This one mock draft I'm looking at has him going mid-second round to Utah because they don't have enough seven footers <laughs> at the center there. That'd be kind of cool though, to see him and Gobert work together. I think Gobert could definitely show him the ropes. Yeah. Um. Um. So my my big guy. Um. I knew he's good, but the tournament's really the first time I truly watched him. Is uh, Culver out of Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um. What's really impressed me is he's obviously has a lot of offense production, but he's a really high energy defender. He gets a lot of steals. I think steal percentage is one of the advanced stats you can look at in college players. Um. That almost every like great uh, NBA great had led their team in steal percentage. And I don't know if he leads his team in steal percentage because I haven't actually looked at his advanced numbers, but just watching him play defense, he is an incredibly talented defender. That uh, is something I was not expecting out of him. Uh, um, so I think he has the possibility to be a lottery pick. Um, here's someone who I think uh, – he's someone who I wasn't aware of until I actually got to watch him play in person because I was lucky enough to go to the first four this year. He plays for ASU. His name is uh, Leguntitz Dort. He's from Montreal, Quebec. Um, but he is a 6'4 shooting guard. He, to me, is very James Harden-esque, which is the obvious comparison coming out of ASU. But um, watching him play, he has very broad shoulders, and so he's able to use that to just drive to the hoop like none other and makes a lot of buckets through contact. Yeah. He also was – the one game I saw him was a lights-out three-point shooter. And so I think he has potential to be a really fun two-guard in the NBA. Um, I don't expect him to. I don't expect him to be a high draft pick. I think maybe end of the first round is one I would expect to see him go. And I also don't expect him to get a ton of minutes his first year. But I could see in three or four years him being a solid NBA player. Um, I really, I, I'm really hot on this. I feel like right with now. this draft, the top five are all going to be star studs and come and play right away. And then the rest of it, rest of the first round, are all going to be 
guys who are going to turn into solid role players. Maybe you get a find here and there. Bull Bull is certainly not going to go high because of the injury, but I think he's got a ton of potential. We didn't get to see a ton of, ton of him at Oregon, which is a which is a bummer because the very little bit that we did see, granted, maybe it wasn't against the highest competition. It was yeah. still pretty dominant. Um. Another guy I um, was a, I was aware of, but really got to see more of him um, the, uh, in this tournament. Who I think just because of his play style and the way the league is going, that he's walking into a perfect situation is Kobe White for North Carolina. Yeah, he incredibly impressed me with his three point shooting because he was not tied as a three. He was tied as a slasher, not a three point shooter. Yes. but he kind of reminds you a little bit of De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> yeah, he's like a Russell Westbrook, De'Aaron uh, Fox type. That he just he's, he's just gonna beat you to the basket. He's a little streaky on the three points. Yeah, um, so was De'Aaron, so was De'Aaron Fox and. Darren Fox couldn't hit a three in college to save his life. Now look at him. I still wouldn't say he can, like, he's the an elite three. No, shooter, but, but he's better than 15%, which is what he shot in college at Kentucky. So. That's fair. Uh, um, and my last one, this is a guy I've talked about before, and I think this guy's going to turn into an absolute stud of, uh, right, he plays the four in college. I think he can move to the three. Um, his shooting, uh, he's a fantastic uh Low post game, um, his shooting could use some room for improvement, but he's shown improvement over his college career, and he's also a four-year college player, which um, you don't see a lot of. Who is? Nope. Uh, this is Grant Williams out of Tennessee. I'm sorry, he's a mm-hmm. three-year college player. Yeah, but um, two-time back-to-back SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, he's a fantastic rebounder, fantastic defender, um, and especially if he gets that shot down, I think he's just built. Um, he his game reminds me a lot of college Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There, there's a. I feel like there's a category with four or five of the players who are like that. I would include Ryu Hachimura from Gonzaga in yeah. there, as well as um, DeAndre Hunter of Virginia yeah. in that category. You're six seven, six eight, can play, can probably play two to five if he needs to. Who have a have some have a semblance of an outside shot who can get to the rim, who can rebound. And I look for both Hachimura and for DeAndre Hunter to, to to be solid role players, at least for the beginning of their career. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone right now can go out and boom, be a star, mm-hmm. but certainly they're, they're going to get minutes wherever they go. That, that reminds me when you brought up Hachimura. Everyone's been hot on Hachimura this year, and don't get me wrong, he's outstanding, but I think actually the best prospect coming out of Gonzaga is Brandon Clark. I think Brandon mm-hmm. Clark is the best defensive player in the NC2A this year. And he also proved to be a finisher of the rim. Um, his shooting worries me. It's not bad, but it's not consistent. He's projected higher. Yeah, Brandon Clark. Yeah, I think I think I think he's just way more NBA ready. Um, my my only issue with Gonzaga, and this is in my opinion why they're no longer in the NCAA tournament, is because they saw three quality opponents all year. Because they play in such a weak conference, they played yeah. Tennessee early, Duke, all these games very early in their season. Yeah. I think they played Kentucky or they played Kansas. They played UNC as well. UNC, okay, so maybe it was just UNC, Tennessee, and Duke were the only three big, yeah. tough opponents. I think I think that's what hurts Gonzaga every year is that they always have a solid team, but they just don't play enough people. They don't go out and they don't set them set give themselves a difficult road like yeah. non conference. Because every once in a while, St. Mary's is good. They beat them in the. Um, West Coast Conference this year. So everyone's on St. Mary's as a good team. But I think that's what hurts them. It'll be interesting to see how their game translates because we only got a couple games of footage of them playing against really the best players in college basketball. One more guy I'd like to talk to just because we saw him play today is P.J. Washington out of Kentucky. Yeah, He did not go last year to come back to Kentucky for a second year to develop his game. And I think that it's shown. He's a massive rebounder, massive inside post presence. Saw a little bit of this three-point shooting on display today and their loss to Auburn. But I think he can be a great, yeah. a great, a good four. I mean, Kentucky, if there's one school I think makes the best centers in the NBA, it's Kentucky. Think about how many fantastic centers I came out of. You have Carl Anthony Towns, you have Boogie Cousins. And hell, you have Willie Cauley-Stein, who I'm not going to say is fantastic, but is a very good, like, above-average center. Um, NBA center, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, 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 Calipari develops big mans. Jokic just got ejected. That's fun. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're watching the Denver-Washington game right now. It's currently tied 88-88. Which is a big game because right now Denver and Golden State are tied in standings for the one seed, and yeah. Golden State's kicking the crap out of the Hornets. Yeah. So, I think it's, Golden State's almost a lock for the one seed, so... As much it's as it is, huge, it's nice to have hope to the last minute that hey, they may not get the one seed. 
But then plus if if Golden State gets stocked at the one seed, what's not to say the bottom seeds from you know okay, I don't want to play Golden State the at let's say Golden State gets the two seed, they're they're someone's at the seven. I don't want to play Golden State. I'd rather play Denver. Let's tank to the eight instead of the seven. Yeah. What's um, fun? Any, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to play De- Denver or I, Oh, Golden State. yeah, obviously. But, you know, that thought crosses your head. A um, couple of other players I noticed. Kind of hard not to mention Carson Edwards after, like, dropping back-to-back 40-point games in the NCAA tournament. I didn't expect for to do go as far as I did because of how one-dimensional that team can be. Because when Carson Edwards is off, that team, Purdue, struggled. Yeah. yeah. But he him and Klein, oh, with, like, Kyle Korver. Yeah. At times this yeah. past weekend, he was just amazing. Uh, I don't know what his situation is in terms of where he's going out, what grade he's in, but I, 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 if I were to guess, he is a mid first rounder. He Carson Edwards, yeah, yeah, like maybe like fifteen point. Pick. Yeah, I mean, he's he's only six foot. Yeah, so obviously it's not that like the shorter people can't play, but obviously Isaiah Thomas at one point in time was playing very well, but you know. Height does help. Like we've got seven footers who are knocking down threes yeah. and doing ball fakes from the three point line. You've got seven footers bringing the ball up the court. You got people like Ben Simmons running the point guard. Height's starting to become like as much as it's nice to like. It's be a novelty, really tall, you know. It's like you don't have to be like. There's there's no stereotypical player anymore. It's like there's no carbon cutout. Okay, this is what your point guard looks like. So. Not that he can't make it as a six foot. Well, if you're hard, smaller, it's, it's it just kind of means that your game has to be sharper in all the right places. So if you're small, you have to be able to finish around the rim with a couple arms in your above you. Uh, you have to be great at reverse layups. You have to be good a knockdown three point shooter in today's NBA. You have to be explosive. Explosive. Uh, if you're slow, that means you have to be more of a passer. Um, Trey Young is fast, and he can pass, and he can shoot, and he's got great under-the-basket skills. He's not the biggest guy, but that's how he makes it work. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yep. very much an adaptation of the Steph Curry because Steph's actually kind of a big guy. People don't realize he's six, that. He's 6'3", and, and he's a lot beefier than yeah. people give him credit for. Yeah. So. The fact that people play it as, yeah, he's a really small guy. I mean, compared to LeBron, yeah, yeah, but he's a point guard. When when Seth Curry came into the league, he looked like Trey Young. You know, Mm -hmm. a small jersey was baggy on that kid. You go watch him play in his Davidson days, it's like he's wearing a dress out for the games. So, it's called swag. It, it's called fashion, yeah. Nathan. Look it up. Well, and we've seen you're able to put on muscle. I mean, look at Giannis when he came into the league. Good Lord. Look at his brother, Kostas, yeah. who kind of looks like, that looks way now. just like Giannis was. And look at him now. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Like, even LeBron. Yeah. You, it, well, he was LeBron. a cut. He was a cut, dude. Um, what? Uh, one guy who was touted, I want to talk about what a big prospect he is. And I'm actually blanking on his name. I was so disappointed in how he performed in the tournament. He got... Rock by John Morant is that point guard out of point guard out of Marquette. Marquette, yeah, I'm blanking on um, his name, but everyone's saying that either he or Ja are the best point guard, and I don't think there's anything close to his now. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure he's three or four on as far as best point guards in this draft class. Part he's a, he is a very good shooter, um, but he is uh, he is only six foot. I oh, believe the I know something other I wanted to talk about that. Uh, How Howard, I believe mm-hmm. is his name. Um, let me pull it up and. Mark, yeah, Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard averaging 25 points a game, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, four turnovers. Eight, and that's playing in the Big East, too, so he's going against good opponents. It's good about 90% from the uh, free throw line, 40% from three, 42 from the floor. So yeah. he's got some skill. There's no no doubt about it there, but he definitely uh, – he's only a junior, so I don't know if he's declared for the draft or not, but – he did kind of get shown up by yeah Denver. after this tournament. Um, I, you know I have a hard time telling a guy not to go to the go to the draft because like money, but yeah. he might be better off staying another year to really because right I, now I think he's you know at best late first round. And, and here's the thing: if he stays another year, yeah. develops, he could be like high first. Round. Especially with you, if you if you if you're projected bottom of the first round, you could run the risk of falling to the second, and that is not guaranteed money. No. You are not guaranteed a NBA contract in the second round. You are in the first round. So if you like are really confident, I mean, if you're a lottery pick, it's it's no brainer. Unless like you really wanted to get a championship, like I think it'd be 
hilarious if Zion and Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett said, hey, we're all coming Let's back. Let's run it back. Let's yeah. run it back. Let's run it back or we're pissed off we lost. Um, but I think when you're at that level, at that Can stage, you imagine? Round, second round. Oh, my God. What do you do with all – yeah. One person I do not actually see on – okay, there it is. Late second – mid-second round is Duke's point guard Trey Jones. Uh, he, Not a scorer, more of a facilitator. Uh, also, a very good. He's a very good college defender, but he's another one of those guys. He's like six foot six one, and so it's very hard. He's six two. Yeah. He's six two. It's very. It's. It's very hard to Trey be an uh, elite defender. He's six two, and, it, and it's. It's not like Trey's brother Trey or Tyus. Tyus isn't great. He's but Tyus not, also has a good two inches on him. Tyus is like six four. Yeah, I mean Ty, Tyus is is pretty good. I mean he's yeah. not. Um, Tyus, it's not what he was so, at interestingly enough, um, but. Tyus Jones leads the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio, and Trey Jones leads the NC2A in assist-to-turnover ratio. Tyus Jones is like 4.5, and Trey's is like 5.25. Interesting. Which, I, I, actually, I take it back. Um, Tyus led it for a while. He's now second to the guy out of Denver. They're back at point guard. I'm like Mitchell. Gary Harris? No, they're back at point guard. Um, Denver's? Yeah. Uh, he like went off one. What, um. Oh, um, um, uh. Monte Morris. Monte Morris. Monte Morris's assist to turnover ratio is Iowa historic. State product. He is historic. Uh, somebody from we I think kind of moved past it, but um, from the tournament who kind of stood out for me was Wolford's Fletcher McGee. Yeah. Uh, okay. He Broke is, JJ Reddick's uh three pointers made record in college. Yeah. In the first round. He did. He and did. then. Couldn't hit a darn shot in the second round. Yeah, um, his shooting his shooting will get him drafted. Um, I I'm, I worry about his playmaking. Um, just and he, you know he he played very well against some real opponents in the tournament, so um, maybe that should silence that worry for me. But to me, he's a guy who he made a lot of threes because he was getting a lot of open threes. No. He was coming off a lot of ball screens. If you look at the, the shots he takes, I saw of him. It looked a lot like JJ Redick. He takes shots like JJ, he knocks those down. The ones that he misses are these crazy shots that people question why he takes yeah. these shots because yeah. they're so difficult. And people thought the same of Trey Young. So, and you know that's fixable. I mean, I saw one where he fake. A back cut and then got his defender on skates and flew around a screen to the top and boom and I'm like that is exactly what JJ Redick. That's exactly what Kyle Korver does. I think he's like Thompson does. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not he can be that level is another thing, but the archetype. Yeah. So is there? Um. I mean, guys like that are worth a lot in the league. Um. So I don't know. I got high hopes for the kid, but we'll see. Not not a big uh foreign. Um, Trapped this year. No, no, no one in the foreign market has like is noteworthy at all. Yeah, but then again, there's always those foreign players who yes. go early. And, I didn't know Christoph Porzingis was before yes. the draft. Yeah. I didn't know who Frank N- uh, Nilkina was before the draft, even though he's kind of a bust. We we um, knew who Luka Doncic was. I think we knew because he was putting up these kind of numbers in the professional leagues over there. And I think Christoph Porzingis is Christoph Porzingis's emergence in the NBA has helped. Foreign players. Yeah. If you don't have Chris Stapps, I still think Doncic gets some hype. But I don't. I think everyone's like, okay, these scoring guys, they actually they can play at this level. And everyone's like, okay, this guy's this eighteen year old, nineteen year old kid is tearing it up in the European league. Will that translate to the NBA? And we started like you started getting videos on him and NBA scouts looking at him and ESPN and NBA TV doing segments on him and everything. I think we haven't had that this year. So whether or not there's one out there or not is, you know, no one saw you, no one even heard of Giannis, right? Right. So, so the um, I'm, I'm looking up right now, the number one NBA prospect in the EuroLeague is Sekou Dumbaya, who's a six foot nine power forward out of uh, whatever country CSP is short for. <laughs> I've, also, I've also got one here, uh, Goga Bixtaz. Out of a 6'11", 250-pound center out of the Republic of Georgia. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. It, none of these guys. I'm looking at their numbers. None of them are putting, they're all they're all good, but none of them put up outstanding numbers. Um, like the number the guy that they say is the number four pick out of Israel. Um, two point four points, one point two rebounds, one assists in five uh, per game in five games. He's shooting seventy one percent from the floor and zero percent from three though, so he's a big man underneath. But no, not even that. He's a six six small forward. So I don't know. I maybe this is just a really weak year in the uh, foreign draft market. Yeah. Who knows? Um. So uh, I think that bring, uh, I think this brings us to the main event of things we want to talk about today. Uh, Five games remaining, or six, depending on when you're playing. Playoff race. With with five to six games remaining, there's a lot of mobility in the playoffs. Um, oh yeah. If you're in the East, in the West, the not West, really. The, the West, the West <laughs> in, is, in the West, there's still mobility. Yeah. It's just we know what eight yeah, teams. The, yeah, the West is officially locked in. The eight teams are there. Nothing is 100 percent set in that. Um, Warriors, Nuggets, probably gonna be the one, the twos. Probably gonna look at the Rockets at three. Probably the Blazers. Probably at the four, we'll see if they can get through the rest of their, the schedule with Nurkic out and McCollum out. And then you've the got... The Clippers and the Thunder are a huge race. Then you've got seven. Jazz, Clippers, Spurs, and Thunder. Two and a half Jazz at five, when five games back of the Warriors. Oklahoma City at eight, as well as the Spurs. The Clippers are at six. So you got a big race between five and eight. See who gets yeah. where. And as I kind of mentioned earlier, are people like... Okay, you know we played the you know we played the Rockets really well this year. Let's try to move ourselves to where the Rockets end up. Or man, we don't want to play the Warriors. I'd rather play Denver. Let's either tank from the six down to the seven, or really focus and get up to the seven from the eight. You know, be I don't know how teams are thinking that in depth about this, but since now they're all locked for the playoffs, they're not worrying about making the playoffs. So that those thoughts might. I mean, I mean it, it, it'd be hard not to have those thoughts. And the fact of the matter is, if we're having those thoughts, someone in the front office is having those yeah. thoughts. And maybe some I, – I have a hard time imagining that Coach Popovich's coaching philosophy um, – actually, no, because he's known for wrestling players. So he could he could be – of all people, he could be the one getting yeah. it. But like, there, I'm sure there's plenty of coaches whose idea is, no, we're going to win every game. Yeah. Let's not lo- – choosing to lose games is n- never a good idea. Yeah. Like, if that was my mindset and, and I'm the Jazz right now, I'm doing my best to stay afloat. Because right now you're playing the Blazers. You go down in one seed, you're playing the Rockets. Yeah. I'd much rather play a very beat-up Blazers team with Lillard and a less than 100% McCollum yeah. than I would a Rockets team. And no Nurkic. First, and no, yeah, and no Nurkic, and a big question at center for them. So that's a no-brainer. Um, it, it's, it's interesting, you know. I mean, honestly, Thunder Warriors. If Thunder keep that eight seed, Thunder. I, that's that's the last team the Warriors want to face. I'll tell you that right now. Honestly, Those here's four, the thing. That's the last team they want to play. The Thunder have a one percent chance to win the entire thing. That's cool. I would almost much rather be. Though. I would almost much rather. It probably would go higher. I don't. I still think if the Warriors lose, if OKC beats the Warriors, they still have a very difficult route to oh, no win doubt, because the Rockets and Nuggets are still very good teams. Exactly. So if I'm not saying that I don't want us to win the the win at, win at all, but I what I would like to see is if we do go out. After we beat the Warriors, I I would like to beat the Warriors, and then we can lose. That's fine with me. I would be that. I would call that a win oh, on I, the season. I don't care who you are. If you beat the Warriors in the playoffs, you won. Yeah, that's, give us give us the ch- trophy. Right. Those look, you, you should. I mean, just send over the trophies for the last couple of years. Yeah. The year is now. Yeah. Just so, pass it around. But, yeah, I would. I'd say the Warriors. I think the Thunder the last thing they want to face out of the Spurs, Clippers, and Jazz, who all have a possibility of dropping to that eight seed. The Warriors do not want to see the Thunder. If I'm the Thunder, I I want to move up. Yeah, I I, I want to so get out of that I, get out of that eight seed. Do not want to play the Warriors. I don't think that they're the eighth best team in the West. I think they're better than that. But I oh, do I, I, think, I do hope that the Thunder end up in eight seed because they're who I want the Warriors first round matchup to be. I agree. It would be a very difficult road for the Warriors yeah. to the finals. And as our fantasy basketball league's name announces. Anybody but the Warriors. Yeah. At this, this year. At, the, at this rate, I. Uh, um, I don't want to see. We, we, we do still have a standing dollar sixty nine bet. I took the field. You took the Warriors. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll lose that dollar sixty nine with a smile on my face. Well, yeah, because nice. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> nice. But there it is. What the Wizards have officially beat. Well, 
how how, how can the Wizards lose a game with a star player like Jabari Parker? <laughs> That's true. But with that game final, the Warriors will go a half game up, full game up. Um, yeah, I believe they them, are. So. A, that increased them from a ninety four point six percent chance to get one the first seed to something right, above ninety four percent. Yeah. So so let's say the Warriors are, are going to be the one seed. Yeah, I Thunder want to move up. Warriors want the Thunder to move up as well. Yeah. Um, so one thing we haven't talked about is the race for the bottom of the East. The race for the bottom of the East is the most intriguing thing. Yeah, we had. Um, <laughs> when you mean bottom of the East, do you mean Bulls, Cavs, Knicks, or do you yeah, mean, I bottom, mean bottom, bottom of the playoffs? East playoffs? Yeah. Okay, I was about to say because Tech. I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done, but the Bulls could still slide below the Cavs. Yeah. Well, and especially for that final you, 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 you saw all that they. Um, you saw all that they're sitting down. That... Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, God, the Warriors are running a train on the Hornets, 107-72. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the bottom of the East, we have the pa- the Pistons at six, game in, half a game back of the Nets, half a game back in the eighth seed of the Heat, half a game back of them at the ninth spot are the Magic, and then two games back of the Hornets. They lose tonight. They're they pretty much out. probably eliminate the Hornets. So, four-team race for three spots. Pistons, really, really Nets, three. I think the Pistons team, are pretty safe. I mean, they, might, they, they might not say it in the six, but I think they're safe to make the playoffs. I think it's they, really three. They, so they have a 6.5% chance to be the eighth seed, a 3.4% chance to be the ninth seed, and a 0.8% to be the tenth seed. Yeah. With, Blake Griffin with, is currently out right now. With Charlotte uh, losing to de- tonight, I'm going to say that um, Detroit doesn't get clinched, but they get all but clinched. Yeah. They probably don't have to win again to be guaranteed in the playoffs. I think if the Hornets know, they, lose again, then they're just mathematically um, taking out yeah. another play. So the play. Pistons have six games left. They go Pacers, Pacers, Thunder, Hornets, Grizzlies, Knicks. You think you get... Three half of those, they're probably pretty safe. Yeah, half of those. And maybe, pun, maybe, you, maybe you pick up one of the Pacers series. Maybe you accidentally drop one to the Hornets or something like that. Who are still desperate and trying to cling onto a play to, to their playoff hopes. I think the Nets are in such the Nets the worst position. The Nets right are now. in hot water because they're only what a game out of being out of the playoffs, and they have to go Bucks, Raptors. Bucks, Pacers, Heat. Well, those are gonna be two Giannisless Bucks. Those are gonna be two pretty beat up Bucks. So that's better okay. Than- but then <laughs> I think they split that. They, they might. I think they would split it. You split that. You still gotta play the Raptors, the Pacers, as we've said multiple times, are no gimme. And I think the kicker here, you gotta play the Heat you might, you might at the end might, of the season. The, I, another playing game might have a win to get in. That just like last year with the Nuggets and the and the T Wolves. And yeah. the Heat schedule coming down the road is Boston, Boston, T Wolves, Raptors, Philadelphia, and the Nets. So that's no picnic either. Mm-hmm. You gotta play. Th- three of the top seeds in the East four times. That's and then then we go look at the Magic and you got Magic go Raptors. Magic kind of have it Hawks, easy. Boston Hornets. Magic out of the Nets and the Heat is by is definitely the easiest. And after the Hornets go Golden State, which I lost tonight. Utah Pelicans, Raptors, Pistons, Cavs, Magic. So the Magic play the Hornets the last game of the season, and the Nets play the Heat the last game of the season. Magic have a better chance of being the eighth seed than the Brooklyn does right now. Brooklyn is currently the eighth seed. I Brooklyn's currently the seventh seed. They are uh, they're half game up. Okay. On the Heat. As we said, you got. I know Mason. You want you want the Heat because that. What we're going I on, do, we but all, I don't want the Nets to be. I want to suffer for it. I agree. Yeah. I, I I don't want to see the Nets be in the playoffs. I'd love to see Dwayne Wade in the playoffs, but I also would or, love to see the Magic in the playoffs. Or, or Orlando is the one I want out, but I wouldn't be. I look, I don't give a shit about the Magic in it. Yeah. I, and my, you know, if I had my way, get rid of the Pistons. Yeah. If out of those four, I would take Brooklyn, the Heat, and Orlando in over the Pistons. Yeah, but I think the Pistons are the. They one. could upset. Pistons have some some sleeper uh, weapons. Especially just Reggie Jackson's finally playing like the player they thought he would be. Wayne Wayne Ellington, he's a fucking sharpshooter. Luke Kennard can finally do okay. Um, Do they beat Philly? That's who they play right now. I I, I don't know if you heard about this Blake Griffin guy. Um, He's okay. He's pretty good. It's a bummer that Drummond guy can't rebound, though. Yeah, it's true. Only, what, 16 a game? Yeah. <laughs> I could go out there and get 16 rebounds a game. Too easy. 
in a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's exciting. I, it's shaping up. This might be the most exciting end of a playoff. And you know, uh, it's it's kind of two-sided. Because at the beginning season. of the season, we're like, look how crowded the West is. And even for the first almost half, the West really crowded and then and out separated. And now the East were coming down. And you've got four, team, four technically five teams all battling for the last three spots with five, six games left in the season. Mm-hmm. And so, four of them all playing each other the last week of the season. I think... I think we're going to get a play-in game. So I know, I know we've talked about this before, but there's one more thing I want to uh, say again. Um, the At the beginning of the season, I was talking about how soft the East is, how the West is way better than the East. Yeah. And I think four of the best six teams are in the East. Let's see. You go by record. I'm not going by record. Oh, just in, oh, you I'm think- just going by as far as who I think the best teams are. I think Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and Boston are all four of the top six teams. Yeah, I, I agree. I, 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 for me, the outlier is uh, in the West is the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets are probably the seventh best team, but I think the Rockets and the Warriors are the only two top six teams. I, I think collectively, obviously the Suns have the worst record, but I feel like top to bottom the West is probably better. I think if you took the one seed in the, one seed in the West, put them against the one seed in the East, Two, two, three, three, four, four. I think if you played those sixteen games out or whatever, or however many it is, I think the West would come out ahead. So I think top to bottom, the West is better, but strictly up at the top, the East is stronger this year. I would go ahead and agree with you on that one, but I, I think we might be discounting the top, uh, some of those not top tier, so not the Warriors, not the Rockets, but the Nuggets are still very good. I think yeah. they could still beat a I lot. Think, they do se- still consistently. I think they're the seventh best team in the NBA, and I think that they seventh best behind. Right, so we, um, would you go behind? Uh, no particular order. Rockets, Warriors, Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, Celtics. Sixers, no Celtics. No. Uh, Sixers, I think for sure. Celtics, I think you and I. Are uh, Sixers, I think Sixers are better. He said no particular order. Yeah, no so particular order. So the Nuggets could still be ahead of the of this. I mean, the Celtics could be the seventh spot for for. It depends on how you look at it. I think yeah. the Warriors are probably the number one in all of our books. Two I'm trying to see their head head two head matchups. I agree. Two from Milwaukee, and then you then three is a toss up. Three. Uh, well, the Nuggets three, destroyed three. the Seventy Sixers one twenty six to one ten in the last meeting. Um. Yeah, but they didn't. Uh, Embiid, but, uh, Embiid didn't play. Uh okay. Um, I I, I think seventy. I think uh, as far as fourth best team, uh, seventy sixers or the um. I I actually for third best third best team I think is I'm not sure I'd pick as the third best team of either seventy sixers Raptors or Rockets. Um, Rockets. Well, they also beat the Celtics one fourteen to one oh five, which is a little bit closer. But I I think Denver's a very good team. I think they're scrappy. Um, I think they can win. I think they can beat anyone any given night. The question um, is going to be seven. You got to beat them in seven. Okay, a lot of questions in the playoffs for these top teams. The Nuggets aren't playoff proven. The Bucks aren't. They playoff did just proven. lose to the Wizards, so yeah. But although, um, the, I mean, Joker got Joker got ejected with three minutes left. Though. It'd be interesting to see how hard they were trying. If they were really trying for the one spot, then it's like, okay, what are you doing? But if they weren't, then it's it makes sense. If you lose to the Wizards, it's kind of like it's the same reason the Suns beat the Warriors and the Bucks. It's this garbage time March. Same thing in fantasy football. What do you want fantasy football on? Garbage time TDs. Yeah. Same same kinds of. I think it's just garbage time. End of the season. Everyone's exhausted. The teams who are people are resting a bunch of people. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's really a battle of the benches here. You know who's got yeah. a deeper bench? Who's developing players deeper right bench, now? And then even the stars of the bad teams necessarily. It's the reason why Devin Booker almost dropped three straight games with fifty plus points. Yeah. It's because he's still playing. He's got no need to rest. They're saying whatever. The rest of their team is all injured anyway. Well, we still need to get these fans some some kind we of. We still show. need to score at least forty points. Yeah, I know go we're the worst in the, in the league. So, well. <clears throat> all right. Um, I think that brings us to worth mentioning. I've got two. Yeah. Um, one. Uh, Steph and KD came out and openly criticized one ref by name, um, based on some calls at the end of the game, and neither of them have been fined. Someone, someone just called out a ref and got. Was it Westbrook who called out? Or, or? Yeah, and James Harden and D'Antoni both get fined all the time. Oh my, yeah, because yeah. they the ones called out. Rock, Chris Paul and James Harden cut out this ref by name for calling just the Rockets games poorly over the yeah. last four or five years. Yeah, and, and they got 
Yeah, I think, so nice I, think, I, think, I think it's interesting that Steph and KD can say what they want. When well, was this? Because fines could st- they could still be. Yeah, and, um, this was. But normally they're pretty quick. Normally it's like no, the next day. I'm, it's like, I'm okay, pretty sure. Fine. I'm pretty sure it's happened either Thursday or Friday. Okay. Pretty sure it was, th- it was Thursday because I read about I read about the comments while I was at work on Friday. I disagree with that. That's some shit. If you're gonna, yeah. Hey, if that's fine. The next person who talks shit on the refs, they better not get a fine either. Yeah, but uh, KD came out and said. Uh, Forget the ref's name, but the ref's name was um, the best. Uh, was the most important player on the court. <laughs> uh, that was a. I liked that game. Yeah, that it, game against Memphis. That was. It was a Minnesota. Oh, you're right. You're right. Minnesota. No, that was that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> also, who are you to say anything about bad calls, Katie? You took four steps out of bounds. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Right. They did it twice. And guess twice. And, uh, and um, yeah, they, it's happened to them twice. But, yeah, so that's more of my worth mentions. Anyone else have one? Uh, I've got four. Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay, so obviously we've been a little bit of hiatus on the podcast, real busy. Some of us are out of town. So this happened a little bit ago, but 827 games. J.J. Reddick got his first career double-double. <laughs> it took him 827 games, and he was he was two assists shy of a triple-double. Wow. But in, in his 828th game... Or 27th game, J.J. Redick got his first double-double in the NBA. Assists or rebounds? Rebounds. Hey! That's cool. Look yeah. at that. Good for him. Um, worth mentioning? Yep. Jimmer Fredette comes back. Back in the league. Back with the old Phoenix Suns. I mean, he went like one deal. for eight in his debut. He signed a Four two-year t- deal? Yeah, two-year deal. Oh, wow. Last I saw, I heard it was a 10-day. That's awesome. Good for you, Jimmy. In his opening uh, game, 14 minutes. Six points, one assist, one rebound, and one steal on one for ten shooting. Oh, but killing it. He yeah. signed. He signed with them so late in the season he can't play in the playoffs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what are they gonna do? <laughs> My next one is again from a little bit ago, uh, but Harden about a week and a half ago dropped thirty-one on Atlanta, which means Harden has scored thirty points on every team this season. Yeah. Yep. Except the Rockets. Good one. Jesus. My worth mentioning this happened. I don't know when this happened. I know it happened earlier in the season. Um, Quinn Snyder had a coach of the year moment. Because earlier this season, Quinn Snyder's team uh, got, uh, like, they got, they were massacred in a drought. And so he called a timeout to silently stare at his team for a full minute. Didn't say a word. Just called a timeout to silently stare at them, and they immediately went on a 16-0 run after the timeout. Yes, I oh I saw that. <laughs> he just looked at him, man. He's like, I ain't gotta say shit. Put in the fear of God. And Quinn Snyder is like, if he just if he like sh- shut up and just stared at me, I'd be a little intimidated. He's, yeah. he's a pretty intimidating looking dude. The fucking uh, sociopath looking motherfucker. That, that, that right there is a coach of the year moment right there. <laughs> um, you got another one, Mason. I got one, so this is a little bit of a Cavs fandom geek out. Uh, only rookies in NBA history to reach 2,000 minutes, 16.3 points per game, and 40% three-point percent uh, field goal percentage. LeBron and Colin Sexton? LeBron was 40% at three-point. No, he's Stephen Curry, Larry Bird, and Colin Sexton. Larry Bird. So that would be kind of cool if uh, Colin Sexton turns into a, a, Se- a Steph Curry. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't see it happening, but you never know. All right, I go on. So coming into this league, into this year, there were only two players who had scored 118 plus points in, in combined in two straight games. There are now four. Can you guys name the four players who it combined two games to score more than 118 points? Kobe. Mm-hmm. James Harden. Yep. Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Michael yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Both Harden and uh, Booker did and Harden Booker. Uh, this year, Kobe obviously the year he dropped the eighty-one game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he and Smush Parker combined for eighty-two. <laughs> Just like when Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady combined for fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kimball Walker is 0-28 against Ga- uh, LeBron James. Is he, he has really? never beaten LeBron 
in his okay. entire career. I'm going to go ahead and say half of that is because no matter how bad LeBron's team is, LeBron will not lose to Michael Jordan's yeah. own team. Yeah. Uh, that's got to be I a get it. He I walks in, it. I ain't fucking losing to Lawrence. <laughs> we ain't fucking losing. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I got one. This one actually really shocked me based on this franchise's history. The Magic had a five-game home win streak this year. Longest in franchise history. Five-game five, home win which streak? Which surprised me because I'm like, you're telling me a Shaq-led Magic team didn't win five straight home games once? He was pretty young when he was there. Or with I, Penny Hardaway? Well, they, they had the best record in the NBA that year. How did they not win five straight home games? That, that was the biggest thing. Like, I, I get they're a, one of the newer franchises, but like... You had Shaq at one point. You had Hardaway at one point. How did you not? You had T Mac at one point. How did you not just win five straight home games? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but you know it's what's gotten them into the position to possibly make the playoffs this year. So, I just thought that was very shocking that that with that with the previous players on their team, all time greats, arguably a top five of all time on that team, and you couldn't win five straight home games. Yeah, evidently not. I know it's not not easy, (laughs) but come on. But you're right. Um, Jordan Bell was suspended one game by the Warriors. By the Warriors for, as they put it, uh, what was it? Behavior detriment to, detrimental to the team. And they didn't want to comment further. For, but people are goddamn, they're persistent. And they found out that he had charged a candle to an assistant coach's room at a hotel. And it got charged to his card. And apparently this isn't the first time he's done this kind of thing. So they're like, all right, we, we got to set a precedent here. You can't be doing that because I guess it's a big deal to them. So they're like, yeah, no. I mean, it is kind of a big deal. It's credit card fraud. I guess. <laughs> I, I feel like he would be just sending them a candle. Yeah. That's just kind of like a prank. Like, here, here's a candle. And they're like, how much is a candle? $12? $25? Really? Like, oh, shoot. You got me. Got got me real you're, you're, you're good. Magic, Magic Magic Johnson was seen celebrating uh, at the at Michigan State game uh, earlier today, celebrating the win against Duke. It's really interesting because earlier this year, Magic Johnson tried to play trade every player from Michigan State for Zion Williamson. He <laughs> <laughs> did. Uh, LeBron James has officially been shut down. Yep. The Lakers. His, uh, his past season, he had 27.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, and 8.3 assists per game. Those are okay numbers, you know, if you if you care about those kind of Le- things. Le- LeBron James only had 8.4 wins added this year. That's the lowest since his rookie year and the first time since his sophomore year that he's had less than 10. Uh, his co- career average is 14.8 wins added per year. Think about that. By having LeBron James on your team, you win – 14.8 more wins a year on average. At a season of 82 games, that's, that's a lot. It's pretty good. It's a lot. That's what people thought. Obviously, injury side is playoffs. No yeah. playoffs to playoffs, which LeBron doesn't get injured. No, this is a regular season stat. Okay, no, I'm saying like LeBron season. doesn't get injured. The Lakers make the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. what that 14-game difference is. Yeah. For real. Absolutely. Yeah, so that uh, that nice prank that Jordan Bell, I think, will cost him fifty thousand dollars. Or yeah, but, oh, no, no, not yeah, but it cost the coach twelve like, bucks. Okay, no, so who really worth it? Fifteen dollar candle and Jordan Bell not fifty thousand. I heard that somewhere else. Ten thousand is what he's gonna miss for this one game. Okay, so you know what that is? That worth it? Yeah, he's walked away from that deal. Uh, only down. Alright, so this one is just, this last, uh, well, this is my last worth mentioning. I, when I saw this, I had to flag it because I was like, I hate giving this guy credit. Colin Cowherd, um, I guess you can call him an analyst. He's just kind of, he's talking about TV personality. It is what it is. He he gave his top 10. And uh, I just want to get you guys' reaction on it. Just to see what you think. What's our top 10? Top 10. Number one. Should I go ten to one or one to ten? What's the topic? Like top, top 10, ten in the uh, NBA. Oh, uh, players right now. Uh, right now. Right yeah. now. Okay. Ten to one. one. One to ten or ten to one. Ten to one. Ten to, ten one. to one. All right. Number ten, Damian Lillard. Okay. Okay. Too low. We we'll continue. Number nine, LeBron James. Okay. Number, Typical. Number eight, Kawhi Leonard. 
Number seven, Nikola Jokic. Okay. Number six, Joel Embiid. Okay. Number five, James Harden. Okay. Number four, Steph Curry. Okay. Number three, Kevin Durant. Number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number one, James Harden. I already said James. Anthony number Davis. five. Oh. Number one, Paul George. Anthony Davis off the list? Not even on the list. And wow. Paul George is one? It's number one. Okay. Interesting list. Kind of. I, I, I would say I think almost everyone who was on that list deserves to be on that list. The ordering is... In, Embiid, I don't think so. I think Embiid's a top 15 maybe, but... Um, you put Jokic, but not Embiid? Yes, I think Jokic is a much better center than Embiid. Who do you think gets first team all? Uh, all Jokic is going to get it because Embiid's been hurt. Yep, okay. Jokic, and Embiid gets second. Embiid gets two, thirteen. Who does? What about AD? Yeah, I, I, I don't because think, of, I think you get it. Oh yeah, because of everything that's happened. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be shocked if if Anthony Davis gets the third team all. all yeah, the by by the numbers, he should be first team, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We kicked it. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I, I keep, I, I personally, I keep um, Embiid up there. Um, I don't think Paul George is number one. No, not that. I mean, he's had a great year. He had a great run. Don't get me wrong, but I think I think number one for me is either Giannis or Hart. Yeah, I agree. Fair. It has to be. Has to be. I Paul George is. I I, 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 I can say he's four or five. Four, I five. I've been. I've been rant over him. Yeah. All right. Um, I He's think had a good year. You can't. You can't argue against I think, that. I think this brings us to comparison, and um, we are going to do some uh, interesting. Cause we're running out of interesting players to talk about. We are going to compare two teams. They're both. They're D'Antoni's two most successful teams. They both play very similar games. style. one was one was very uh, game changing, and the other one just took what the first one did and um, uh, you can say improved on it, worked on it. But uh, we're going to say, who do you think is better between the 05-06 Phoenix Suns and the 2018-2019 um, Houston Rockets? Are we going to say 2018-2019 or 2017-2018? I actually think that they're better this year, which no, I didn't You know, and possible. we pretty much have a full season's worth of data, too. Yeah. Six games, nothing major yeah. is going to change those stats in the next six games. So yeah. I think we can as, go as that without worrying. As long as we do it on a per-game basis, that should be fine. Yeah, as long as we're not, we're not, we're not losing any... Major. Mm. Um, so just gut feelings. I'm gonna say the Rockets because when you, I I think they're both very in, uh, similar constructed teams where you have a star guard, uh, rim, uh, good defensive and rim rim running big man, and surround him with a bunch of D and three players. Um, I think that our, we can either say Steve Nash and Chris Paul are equal, and James Harden is a difference maker. But I think a better comparison, even though it's slightly different play styles, is but just impact on the team. James Harden and Steve Nash are equal, considering they're both MVP players. And um, Chris Paul is the X Factor, because there's no Chris Paul on the Suns. Right? Uh-huh. That's that's just my gut feeling. We can look at, we're, we're about to look at the numbers. And uh, I, the I don't have numbers between the teams. I have numbers against James Harden and Steve Nash. I'm not trying to compare the teams numbers. I'll see what I can do as far as pretty solid team. and defensive. You had, a, you had a young Leandre, Leandro Barbosa, Sean Marion back when he was like in the prime of his career. Obviously, Steve Nash and Mark Stoudemire are the two big names on that list. Did you say 06, 07? No, it was 05, 06, Andre. Yeah. I think that was uh, Steve Nash's MVP year. Yeah. One of his two. Oh, he was right. He went back to back. They were fourth in the West. Does that make sense? 55 wins, 27 losses. They lost in the NBA Western Conference Finals to the Dallas Mavericks. Hmm. 108.4 points per game. That was the most in the NBA. Opposition, 102.8. That was 28th. Um, offensive rating was uh, 111.5. Second. Defensive rating, 105.8 and 16th. Um, pace of play was first. Got to be first, yeah. Yeah, 98, 95.8. And whatever SRS is. Um, standard rating system. Standard rating system. They were fourth. Out of 30. Mm. Finished first in the NBA Pacific Division, which at that time was probably not that difficult. Well, I think that the uh, D'Antoni offense really highlights its key marquee player. Um, in this case, it's James Harden. Previously, it was Steve Nash. Um, both MVPs. Steve Nash went back-to-back. James Harden might go back-to-back, but I think that's kind of funny. Uh, it... it 
it just kind of shows that the kind of offense that he facilitates or the kind of uh, play style he likes can highlight a certain player to the point of this is you're going to be an MVP if I'm coaching you. Yeah. And that's just I think that's kind of interesting. That's a great that's a great coach. Uh, but also that takes a lot of uh, good players to fit into that kind of an offense because you have to have good role players. You have to get people to do their job and only their job to not be that all-star. But but let's let's recognize D'Antoni for creating good role players out of nothing. Did, exactly. Going, going in this year, did we think that Austin Rivers was going to be a huge contributor on a championship caliber team? <laughs> we laughed at it. I remember yeah. when they when they brought him on board. Where, we were fucking laughing. Uh, since, he tra- since he's uh, gone, his shooting numbers have gone up exponentially like a top tier defensive guard. Yeah. He plays some of the best defense at the one in, in the league. Um, Gerald Green, when I remember it was last year, remember when Gerald Green went there, I was like, he's washed up. He can dunk, he's cool, but um when he but he still has the athleticism and he got his shooting in order. That's what it and, is. <coughs> um, hey, I need you to be a three point shooter, a good and, defense player, and dunk the ball when you can. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not saying that Clint Capella isn't a fantastic player because I think he is. But when he was hurt, Kenneth Reed came in and got similar numbers. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he amazing he, numbers. Yeah, he 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 is someone who is very good at building role role players. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is Nathan, you're in front of a computer. Are mm-hmm. you able to find the offensive and defensive rating of those two teams? That's Which the, ones? Uh, the the uh, current Rockets. Current Rockets and the o, uh, o current four, Rockets. O, no, five oh six. That's what he just uh, read off. As I the just o, read off the five oh six. Did you read their offensive and defensive ratings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you do that again for me? Yeah. So the Phoenix Suns were um, second in the NBA, 111.5. Defensive rating was a 105.8. No, it's 16th in the NBA. Okay. Let me pull up the Rockets stats. You want this year, right? Yes, please. Right. I think the Rockets have stepped up for defense because in the past two seasons, two seasons ago, we were still calling James Harden a cone on defense. Yeah, yeah. the Rockets. He, he in particular stepped it up, and I think a big part is um, they've surrounded him with enough good defenders that he just has to be in his spot. Right. <laughs> the Rockets uh, are 11th out of 30th on – oh, wait, that's points per game. There it is. Rockets, offensive rating 114.7, that is second in the league. Defensive rating 111.1, which is 19th. So, the so same slide. offense, but a little bit worse defense. Uh, but, the offense. 111 to 114. 111 to 114, so it's a little bit worse. But compared defensive to the teams, wise, defensive both wise, second overall. Six, defensive wise, there's a six point gap in favor of. Um, I think, that actually, I think that actually has me yeah. giving a slight edge to the Suns. It's a different era. It's hard to compare about just these numbers. But, I mean... I this season isn't over this this season exactly, yeah. so it could fluctuate. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go from 19th to 14th. In a, but, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, but, also, but also, let's talk eye test because the current Rockets had a couple months where they didn't have the pieces. They had a seven-man rotation, including Daniel House Jr. Yeah. You guys want last year's Rockets stats? Yes. Just for just for, just for, just for points. Points. Offensive rating first, 114.7. Defensive rating sixth at 106.1. Okay. Um, they so, made a deeper. They were Western Conference Finals, right? Yeah. They were yep. hamstring away from Kareem uh, <clears throat> NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, and I think they would have made quick work of the, of the Cavs. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That one was an interesting. Would have loved to have seen it. Yeah. Um, would have loved to see yeah. Jarrett blow a game in that series. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to give the slight edge to the Rockets. Still giving it to the Rockets. Still giving it to the Rockets. So would you would you guys wager that, or would you say that if these two teams went up against each other, it would be a fair assessment to see who was the better team? Yeah. So if the 0506 Suns played the current Rockets, yeah, you think that the Rockets would win? Yes. Right. Yeah. They should have won more threes. They do. They're Not that the Suns didn't show threes, but they should have won. The, the Suns shot so much three, so many threes for the era, but the Rockets shoot an unprecedented amount of threes for an already three-point heavy era. Yeah. I I'd give it to the I give it to the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the by the numbers, that's how you'd have to do it. Yeah, I want to give it to the Suns. You, you tell me. I love the Suns. Yeah, but I love Steve Nash Suns. Pretty awesome. Anyway, it's good Suns. Well, I think I think that brings us uh, to the end of the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Hope to talk to you again soon.